internet what is up it's monday and i have some unique (laughs) typical monday bullshit to talk to you about anyway let's get down to business first this episode of the podcast brought to you by yes you guessed it our man Corey schroeder over at capital city wealth management and if you haven't been if you've been living under a rock and you haven't been listening to any of these weapons free wednesdays and you are just now catching up Corey is our man from episode 11 Corey is a financial planner, among many things, an Afghanistan veteran and an amazing financial planner. And he has his own little company called Capital City Wealth Management. Listeners of the podcast, he's going to do a free breakdown for you. Take a look at what your goals and objectives are for growing and managing your wealth and helping you to develop a cogent strategy to move forward and accumulate wealth. So he's good at all things stock market. He's good at all things cryptocurrency. He's good at all things money-related. He showed me his own personal accounts. Dude is doing amazing for himself. So I'm glad he's on my team. Anyway, great dude, amazing guy. If you didn't catch his podcast, go check out episode 11 from last year and give the guy a call. You can find him on Facebook at Capital City Wealth Management or you can find him at 307-222-8498. Okay, that wraps it up. Let's fucking G-O. Because I'm so fucking good. Okay, people, here we are. As I said in the intro, it's Monday. And of course, we all know stereotypes are stereotypes for a reason. So Mondays, yes, they usually suck ass for some reason. I don't know why. Mondays were cursed. Garfield was right to hate Mondays. Uh, So here we are. Here we are on Monday recording this. And I'm drinking whiskey right now at four in the afternoon because that is the kind of day that it's been so far. So it's so fucking good right now. So good some Jameson like Black Reserve. So let's talk about how my day started. So I got to go to the lovely VA and the VA is the VA. And if you're a veteran, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And you're like, you're already starting to cringe and maybe twitch a little bit. So had to go to the VA. Why? Because I have to get caught up on my health stuff. Like I normally go in and get checked out like once a year, just do my little physical, stay on top of my health. Okay. And uh, like to train take good care of myself, especially since I'm starting to age, turn into a a fucking relic, as all my younger friends like to remind me of when they're uh, kicking my ass at things. But uh, yeah, I like to stay on top of my health. So went in. I haven't done the, I haven't done the yearly thing for a couple years now because of COVID and because of all the fucking nonsense associated with that. So, and all of the weird requirements and stupid things that the VA had going on over there for a while, you couldn't even get in. So they were like doing telehealth and all kinds of weird shit for a while. So I finally got to two years down the road. I'm like, okay, time for the old annual checkup to make sure everything's still good and uh, nothing's going to sneak up on me and bite me in the ass. So I went in to get my blood work, just blood annual blood draw done and uh, go through all the little wickets. First of all, it, it starts when I walk through the door and I hear this, excuse me, sir, can you put your mask on? And as I fucking about ready to rip a spine out of a body. I look down and the person talking to me is a fellow veteran from, I don't know. He's got gray hair. He's got his like, I'm a veteran hat on veteran, black veteran hat. So I'm sure he's an army dude has all kinds of like ribbons and stuff. I I didn't really take that close of a look. He's got his mask on. He's in a wheelchair. 
Okay, he's the greeter. He's like the Walmart greeter when you walk into the VA. And so I immediately tucked my shit back in my pocket because I'm like, I am not going to fucking yell at another fellow service disabled veteran that's sitting here in his wheelchair. And he's just doing his job, just doing what they told him to do. Okay, so I was like, okay, fuck it, put my mask on. And went about my merry way, went to the, went to the lab. Now I get to the lab and I get this young girl. And I could tell she was nervous and knew probably because her hands were shaking while she's putting on her rubber gloves. And so I just like trying to relax her with just common time. I'm just like, just trying to, you know, small talk. Like, hey, how are you? How was your weekend? Was it good? Um, get her to like get out of her own head a little bit. And so she, of course, ties off the dinosaur, goes to fucking pump the veins a little bit, and then gets all the things prepped, jabs me. Mrs. the vein sits there with the needle in digging around in my arm and I'm like okay cool like she was a little nervous she's probably new at this I'm not gonna yell at her I'm just gonna sit here super patient and I'm gonna let her do her thing so she did so she dug around in my arm for like a good three minutes and then she finally got to where she was nervous or whatever pulled it out walked away I don't know what she was doing she came back swabbed me again and I was like hey you could have just you could have just kept going I was fine and she was like, well, I don't want to bruise you. I didn't want to bruise your arm really bad. And I'm like, okay, yeah, no problem. I get it. What does she do? Do you think she finds a new spot, like maybe further down or further up on my arm? No. She takes the new needle and shoves it into my fucking nearly the same hole. Nearly the same hole. It was like a millimeter away from the last place where she shoved the needle in. And I was like thinking in my head, like, what the fuck, bitch? You just said you didn't want to bruise me, and you just almost stabbed me right in the same fucking hole again. So it was a uh, wash, rinse, repeat. She dug around in my arm, couldn't find the vein. I'm looking at this big blue sucker because I've had this now. I've had the uh, tourniquet on for a good, I don't know, five, six, seven, eight minutes now. And like, I'm like, I got veins popping out all over the place. Poor thing. She couldn't find it. Did I yell at her? Nope. Did I talk shit? Nope. Completely polite professional. Just sat there, let her dig around, and then she finally got frustrated again. Pulls the needle out, walks away, goes and gets Bob. Bob comes over. Bob's super nice dude. Great guy. He's the older dude. He's the OG gangster in the phlebotomy lab. And he comes in and he's like, oh, how are you doing? I'm like, great. So he ties off my right arm. Sure enough, Bob slaps the vein a little bit, does a little feeling around. Boom, spikes that sucker, nails it. First try. Didn't even hurt. Experience matters, people. His moral of that story. So he successfully drew my blood and then I went on my merry way. And that was, that was my first thing this morning experience. So off to a great start. So then I'm driving, I get in my truck, I'm driving and I'm like, Oh, I got to send this package. I had a package, had to send my label printer like melted. And so I had to get a new one, got the new label printer, got it set up, got the label printed. Didn't have a tape gun in my house because I used all my tape. So I'm like, oh, cool. I'll just hit it at the post office because back home and where I'm from, like, that's the thing. You can just roll in, use a tape gun, do what you got to do, mail your stuff. Nobody cares. So I find I'm like driving back from the VA hospital. I go into the post office. There's n hardly anybody there. There's like two people ahead of me in line. Now I'm looking around. There's no tape guns anywhere. No tape guns, no rolls of tape, no nothing. I'm looking around. I'm like, what's going on here? So I walk up. I look at the counter. There's the counter. There's these plexiglass, of course, because plexiglass works so good against COVID. Plexiglass sheets up in front of the male people with like little slots underneath where you can like 
you know, push your packages, do other things. And so then behind there in one empty booth, there's one guy working behind the counter. In one other booth, there's like three tape guns stacked up. And then next to him, right next to him, he's got three tape guns stacked up. Three. All of them have tape in them. For a grand total of six tape guns sitting back there. So then it's finally my turn. I walk up. I'm like, hey, man, how are you today? And he's this, he's this old dude. He's like, once again, like old dude, your typical post office guy. Just like the life has been sucked out of him. He's like 80 years old. Probably like, I mean, the dude looks so old. Like maybe he was older than that. I mean, he looked like he like was at the Last Supper with Jesus because this motherfucker looks so old. He's got the snow white comb over, kind of pudgy. Looked like he was wrinkled like a California raisin sitting there. Looks up at me. And I'm like being polite to him. I'm like, hey, how are you doing today, sir? And he's like in his monotone, like, I want to kill myself voice. What can I do for you, sir? And I'm like, oh, I just need to drop this off. And if you could just let me borrow that tape gun for a second, I'm just going to throw a strip of tape on here, slap my label on, drop it off, and I'm good to go. And this motherfucker looks at me and says, we don't tape first class packages. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, but could you just like make a, and before I could say, what I was going to say, which is finish my sentence, I was going to say, yeah, could you just make an exception maybe this one time and just like let me use your tape gun because you've got like six of them back there? I couldn't even finish my sentence. And he was like, I said, we don't tape first class packages. And I'm like, oh, motherfuckers on a power trip. We got an 80-year-old dude on a power trip right now. And I'm like thinking to myself, like the inner, the inner demon inside of me is starting to like thrash around in his fucking cage right now. He's like, after getting the fuck stabbed out of me at the VA hospital and dealing with all that shit, now we're at the post office dealing with shit. And we just like, it's just, it's just a fun field US government day or morning, I should say, of fuckery. Bullshit fuckery, okay? And so I'm sitting there looking at this guy. The demon inside of me starts to thrash around because there's one thing, I just can't stand rude people. Like I go out of my way to be nice to people normally unless you give me a reason to want to fucking chop your fucking face off, like Jason Voorhees, I will, I'm usually pretty nice. And so I've got this guy standing here, sitting here in his little post office throne, sealed up behind his plexiglass, his quarter inch of plexiglass. And he's like, we, it cuts me off, rude as fuck to me, which like, I just, uh, man, whole man. So then right when I'm about ready to say something to him, I stop myself and I'm like, no, Don't do what you want to do right now, which is rip this fucking little plexiglass thing off the counter and grab this motherfucker by the collar of his shirt and rip him over the counter and take the tape gun from him and then shove him back down into his seat and tape your box and walk off, which is what I wanted to do. Maybe I wanted to be a little more violent than that, but I stopped myself and I was just like, okay, self. This is just, it is what it is. And so I looked at the man and I realized that he just hates his life and probably has hated his life for decades. I mean, who the fuck wants to work at the post office? Let's be honest here, okay? Who wants to work at the fucking post office? It looks like the worst job on planet Earth. Like, I would rather be a fucking toothless crack addict living in a fucking cardboard box than probably work at the fucking post office because it looks absolutely terrible. So I just looked at the man and I said, you know what, Bill, you have a fantastic day. And then I turned and I was like, I'm going to go home. I'm going to fucking scrounge with some tape. 
maybe some duct tape, maybe some electrical tape. At this point, I don't give a fuck what kind of tape. I'm going to tape this box and I'm just going to go back to the post office and then maybe spike this package off of old Bill's face. So I'm walking and I took like three steps and there was a guy sitting there laughing and another older gentleman sitting there laughing. And I looked over at him and he just smiles at me and he goes, you were about to kill that man, weren't you? (laughs) And I was like, I mean, it's the thought did cross my mind and he just started laughing and he reaches in his pocket and he, he, he had a small like tape gun and he gives it to me and he goes, here, you can, he goes, that was the best entertainment I've had in like two weeks, just watching you and the tactical pause that you took. He, and he said that, that's how I know the dude was probably a vet too. He goes, you took a tactical pause for a minute because you were deciding if you were going to (laughs) harm that man or not. And I said, yeah, yeah. I said, yeah, I did. He goes, I have had days like that all my life. He goes, here's a tape gun. Enjoy. He goes, that was great entertainment. He walks out. So then he saved the day. And I thanked him profusely, taped my box, threw the label on it, looked at old Bill, made eye contact with him in a way that let him know that if that man wouldn't have just saved him, I might have waited for him in the parking lot. Just, Just saying. So I left my package there. And then we continued on. Got home. Got back in the office, the house here, starting to do things and got some emails and I had to finish up some paperwork because I had to fire my attorney on Friday. And so I'm just like, oh great, it's just keep on coming. I had to fire my attorney. And the reason I had to fire my attorney was because I was very specific with the firm that I hired about giving me somebody that was going to be aggressive. And of course, my request fell on deaf ears and my attorney was in fact a pussy. And I said, I need Jason Voorhees with a machete and a hockey mask to go get my wife's, my ex-wife's head and put it in a basket on my desk because she's in about 82 fucking thousand counts of contempt of our child support agreement. Or I mean, not the child support agreement, the child custody agreement. So she is just one of those terrible, disgusting humans that needs a shovel broken over her teeth and um, to learn lessons in life. And there's, there's those humans out there like that. So here we are, like 11, I think we're 11 years past divorce time frame and we're still I'm still spending thousands of dollars on attorneys to deal with this fucking human being. So hello Monday. Welcome to Monday. So lawyer turned out to be a complete pussy, not aggressive, didn't follow my command directives at all. I gave him a clear commander's intent. I gave him a clear task condition and standard for a, and a path to success for execution. And he did what most doctors and lawyers do where they like, I know better this, I I know better because I've been doing this for longer. And he decided to not listen to any directives that I gave him and kind of fell in love with my ex-wife's counsel's narrative and decided to not listen to anything I say and waste a lot of my time and money to the tune of about two grand. So I said, you're fucking, step into my office because you're fucking fired. And so then I had to deal with more of that today. So It's just been, we've been good. It's just been a fucking fantastic Monday. But let's move on to other, other topics. Let's talk, let's talk about some other things. Let's talk about some, let's talk about current events. And maybe while I'm continuing to rant here, we talk about social media and how to behave on social media. Okay. People, when you're interacting with me on social media, and I've said this a few times, I don't tolerate fucking trolls. I don't tolerate dumbasses. I don't tolerate Many fucking humans, like my patience on social media, just because I know the environment and the type of people and just the, just the overall like environment that social media is in the metaverse or whatever the fuck humans are called, instaverse, whatever people are calling it these days. 
whatever the kids are calling it. I just already am like, okay, I'm here for a certain specific thing to do a specific thing. And on this occasion, I'm not going to go into details. These humans will know who they are if they're going to still continue to listen to the podcast because I don't really give a fuck if they do or not. There was a particular instance where I feel like one of my peers that also has a very popular podcast, a huge, ginormous following to the tune of millions on Instagram, is not being his best self. And I'm not going to get into details. And that's what everybody tried to lure me out into the open and like get me to like start dumping dirty laundry out. And I'm not going to do that, people. But, you know, of course, a few individuals came out and they wanted to talk shit to me while I was like specifically talking, basically holding a certain individual that's in my peer group accountable for being what I would consider a huge fucking hypocrite. Huge hypocrite. So these other individuals on his page, of course, came out and were like, what's going on? Tell us what's going on. If you don't tell us what's going on, then you're being a bitch. Okay, there, fucking Steven Seagal's little brother. Nice fucking ponytail. I remember when I took Taekwondo when I was like five and then figured out it was bullshit. You, with your fucking 35 followers, can fuck straight off, okay? I don't owe you shit. I don't have to tell you shit. The person that I'm there to talk to, I'm talking to, okay? And then your buddy telling me that I am a bitchy human. Really? Really? Bro, if you were to say that to me in person... I would send you straight to the dentist chair. Just saying. Just saying. That's the type of human I am. If you step up and talk shit to me like this in person, I'll knock your fronts out. And I don't, I won't lose any sleep about it at all. So maybe just like consider the source. I don't, I don't tolerate idiots. So people are like, I don't, I don't want to listen to your podcast anymore. Good. Don't because I don't want pussies like you listening to my podcast anyway. So I've said this a million times. Push, like if you don't like what I have to say, Push the, push the unfollow button. Push the unsubscribe button. We all have a choice in the type of content and whose content we consume. And if you don't like me or you don't like the things that are coming out of my mouth, feel free to get on your donkey and ride to fuck off island. I don't care. I don't care. All right? Social media. There, and here's another thing. that If you're getting trolled on social media, the first thing that I always like to do is like be like, who is this human that's talking to me right now? Okay? And I'll just say, if you are, you know, Steven Seagal's long lost cousin that I interacted with today, and I like a fucking 82 degree fucking neon green, fucking green belt in Taekwondo, I don't, I'm probably not, and you got 35 followers and a, a ponytail, I don't probably give a fuck about anything that you say. So maybe consider that. And when I look at somebody's profile, if they're a ghost profile and they've got one, post or no posts and it's a private account and they have no followers or like one to three followers, I'm always like very skeptical. I'm like, "Mm mm-hmm, neat story. First of all, you don't even have the balls to like address me from a place of like transparency. So you're already at a deficit right there. And so when I look at your account, then I look at the fact that you're following every single tactical entity person in my peer group. You're following the Mike Glovers of the world. You're following the Andy Stumps of the world, the Jockos of the world, me, Jack Carr, like you, you name it, Evan Hafer, you know, all, all the all the top tier people that are in my peer group, you're following them, but then you're trolling the shit out of me and speaking in broken English, okay? People, there's Russian and Chinese and other countries that don't wish us well. 
And so if you are in a position where you're getting trolled by somebody and they're speaking weird fucked up English, like, I didn't want to grief you. Who the fuck talks like that? What American you know talks like that and says, I didn't want to grief you? That's a fucking red flag right there. And then they're attacking something that's relatively conservative that would be quite in line with every single person that they're following on their list in my peer group. So I'm like, oh, you are clearly a troll. So there's that. So pay attention to details, people, when you're looking at these things. And like, don't give a, first of all, it's social media. So don't give a fuck about really what anybody says, but certainly not what a ghost account says. Okay. Let's not, let's not give a shit about that. Okay. And I will say that like tread lightly on social media. All right. Be the kind of human that you want to interact with. Okay. And if you're not, this is my warning to all the haters and trolls and fucktards out there. I will have no problem with humiliating you. Because if you don't know this about me, if, if you haven't caught on, I'm really good at, like, I'm a professional profaneteer and really good at shit talk. It's something that I pride myself on. So I really have honed my skills over the years and I will humiliate the shit out of you on a page if you want to go after me. And then when I'm done fucking with you and trolling the fuck out of you, then I'll just block and delete you. Okay? It'll be a good time. It'll be a good exercise for you in getting humiliated. So I just, just don't even go there. Just don't even step up to the plate because it'll just be, it'll just be bad for you. Okay. So moving on, moving on. Let's talk about, let's talk about Joe Rogan. Let's talk about Joe Rogan for a minute. Joe Rogan. Okay. Great dude. But I really have to agree with what James O'Keefe said on his last, one of his last posts is like, stop apologizing, Joe. Like we know you're not a racist. Okay. That's a weapon that these progressive Marxist fucking cunts like to it's a they love they love to if they can't beat you in an argument they will immediately push the racist button so anybody that's listened to Joe like I've been listening to Joe for fuck not 12 years but like a damn long time I would say maybe close to seven eight years maybe longer shit maybe it's been a decade I don't know I really Love Joe's podcast. And he's the one that inspires me to be a, he inspired me to be a podcaster. So, and to get into it, you know? And so I have nothing but respect for the dude. And realistically, like he doesn't need to kiss anybody's ring. He doesn't need to apologize the way he's had to, or he felt obligated to. He doesn't need to explain himself. He got, you know, people dug into his past and they edited up a really fucking shitty, you know, compilation, like a montage. And it was... You know, it's in fact disgusting that that's the lengths to which you go. But anybody that knows Joe or is even a fan of Joe knows that he's not a racist, okay? The dude's friends with David Chappelle, okay? <laughs> and, a, and, a, and a ton of other amazing people of color. So, like, I, I wouldn't have bothered to explain shit to people because I know that I'm not a racist and I know... In, I'm speaking if I would have fallen into a similar situation because in the past people have accused me of being racist. I'm like my right-hand man and one of the best human beings I know on planet Earth and a dude that I would take a bullet for without even thinking about it is Asian, okay? So I laugh at people that are like, you're a racist. I'm like, uh-huh. Neat story, bro. Okay, and I kind of feel like Joe Rogan's the same way. Like everybody knows Joe's a great guy. There's not one racist bone in his body. He's a comedian, Okay as is Dave Chappelle, who has, like, mastered the art of, like, defeating racism with, with illuminating all of our, you know, uh, ethnic groups' racist bullshit and making fun of it. 
So, I mean, I've got nothing but love for Dave Chappelle. I think he's one of the most amazing, one of the most creative, rad dudes on planet Earth. So I love his material and I love his attitude. I love the Joe Rogan podcast. I'm going to continue to listen. I'm going to continue to support. I'm so glad that Spotify didn't cancel him. But realistically, he did $120 million with Spotify. So if they would have canceled his deal, he could have like just moved it to a different platform or something. Maybe he would have moved to Pandora. Or he would have just set up his own. He would have finally done with JP Sears over at Awaken with JP, who is also another amazing, great dude, did and set up his own uh, platform his own way to host the cast with, you know, without being able to, with nobody being able to shut it down. So realistically, I think Spotify knew that. I think Spotify knew that they were about to make a huge mistake if they were to cancel Rogan. So I'm glad, I'm glad that it didn't happen. A lot of people are super pissed off. (laughs) I've been watching all of the little snowflakes over there on the progressive left-hand side of the house, just fucking melting in the streets because of this which i find i find hilarious and so i hope joe keeps doing what he's doing which is you know bringing in people to have great conversations to get everybody's point of view because that's what makes our country great the first amendment and all of our other amendments the constitution of the united states that's what makes this country great and i'm really disgusted with how far i've seen this administration really try and infringe on people's constitutional rights with encouraging these dipshit tech companies to uh, cancel and censor the shit out of everyone to include people like me. I'm suffering from this myself on Instagram. Like the, I'm definitely shadow banned, which I'm kind of proud of myself that I managed to get shadow banned. Like I had a powerful enough voice that I got shadow banned with only 8,000 followers. So I'm like, I don't know how that happened, but I'm stoked because all my, all my peers that are shadow banned with me have easily three, four or five times, sometimes way more sometimes 10 times more than me. So I think that's I think that's kind of funny, but also a pain in the ass if you're trying to get the word out on things and you know, grow a business from from that with, you know, being pigeonholed into using this platform. So as I've said on many occasions, we're going to take a look this year. I'm still eyeball deep in doing the research on other platforms and kind of coming up with new te- te- uh excuse me. Wow. Let's take another drink of whiskey here. Okay, maybe I can talk now fashioning new TTPs around my, I would say, my online marketing presence. So that's how we're going to, I'm going to find a way to beat this. And if it comes down to a situation where I have to build my own fucking app, well, then so be it. I've been thinking about doing that for the last three years. Anyway, if you go back and listen to my earlier podcasts, I sit down and I nerd out with Alan Benedict. I think it was like, I don't know, podcast two, three, something like that. Anyway, I sit down with Alan Benedict who is a nerd of all nerds. And we talk about all this in depth. And, you know, I was talking about this two, three, four years ago, I think, in terms of like where things are going with social media and engagement and them, you know, partitioning our ability to engage all of our followers that we work our asses off to build a following. Like everybody knows if you've got an Instagram account or a Facebook account, exactly how hard it is to like grow and or a following organically. It's extremely difficult, especially now with like all the little algorithms and tricks and traps that they put on, on that platform. So I am, it's on my to-do list for this year to come up with an effective and cogent multi-phasic strategy to start combating this stuff or growing other platforms that I can then just peel off and transition over to and not have to worry about this anymore. So there's that. But yeah, Joe Rogan, you're awesome, man. I dig you. Keep doing what you do. Start telling these fucking dipshits to fuck off. Okay. Ukraine. 
Ukraine is another hot ticket item. Like, are we on the doorstep to World War III? I don't know. We could be. Things are not looking good. <laughs> We're sending troops, or we already sent troops to Poland. And so what this kind of reminds me of is like the nuclear weapons race that we were in for a while with Russia during the Cold War when we started positioning nuclear weapons all over the globe to make sure we had really great positioning for mutually assured destruction of them and ourselves and our and our planet. So luckily, I think it was the Kennedy administration uh, when we had the Cuban Missile Crisis was able to back all of that shit down. And it really looks like we're kind of in a similar situation here with like all of this buildup where... You know, you've got the Russians putting stuff on the border. Then you've got them, like, you know, using Belarus as a staging area. And the Belarusian president, like, getting, talking mad shit about how he will come unglued and just fuck up everybody with the Russians. And he's got the Russians back and they're bros. And, like, yeah, we, I'm like, we, yeah, we get it, bro. You're kind of a speed bump, though, uh, for us. Yeah, there's all kinds of craziness going on and i don't think war with russia is in our best interest just coming out of a 20-year war on terror that realistically still isn't over yet we still i mean we were just you know we were just uh in syria killing more isis people and yes unfortunately there was some collateral damage however there are times i'm not going to defend the president or the administration because they're idiots but i will defend the units on the ground that executed that raid and i will say that like this is a tactic that they islamic fundamentalists have been employing forever where they will circle up women and kids and get as many innocent people as, as they can around them and then they either have the house wired or they have a v-bid wired nearby or they have an S-Vest on, and they will clack themselves off and kill all kinds of innocent people to make it look like our fault. So sometimes there's just no right answer. War is war, people, and like it's not a pretty thing, and killing humans that need killed is not a, a pretty practice, and, and you can bet your ass if, they're, if you have to go and do that, it's almost certain that innocent people are going to die, and that's just unfortunately a very sad fact of war, and we try to do our best to mitigate that and not... Make sure that's, you know, make sure that we at all costs do not do that. At least past administrations have. Like this administration so far has been pretty flagrant in not giving a fuck about killing, you know, or innocent people in Afghanistan with a drone strike. Yeah. But this leader of ISIS surrounding himself with women and children and taking them down with him and clacking himself off with an S vest is just that's kind of the part of their standard operating procedure sometimes. So, Yeah. Not great. So we're still dealing with shit like that in Syria and all over other parts of the world. We still have a small footprint in Iraq to keep things, an eyeball on things there. So we still haven't even, I mean, ended, in my opinion, or can end that fun little 20 years that we've been fucking fighting with that. But now we're going to get into World War III with a peer adversary. I don't think it's in our best interest at all. I, I mean, do I want to see us sit back and let Ukraine get steamrolled? No. No, but I, I would ex I would exhaust all other opportunities. Like, military action would be an absolute last resort in this. And realistically, like, there does have to be a line in the sand. We do have obligations to NATO. We have obligations to the European Union for global security operations, and we cannot let the Soviets pull a fucking Third Reich move and a Nazi move and fucking steamroll across Europe. And, you know, it, we have to have a line in the sand. We can't, I don't know if that, I don't think that line is Ukraine, but we can't be like, yeah, you can take Ukraine, then you can take Poland, then you can take Lithuania, then you can take all these little Eastern European bloc countries, then you can be standing on the doorsteps of Germany and sure, you can have that. 
and then sure why not france and then be and then it's the uk all by themselves and we have a complete repeat of world war ii scenario and we just can't allow that to happen however it's a dangerous time for us as americans because we have the chinese fucking around where the chinese like to fuck around and we have the russians of course doing what they're due and i would say this is all connected to having a weak bitch-ass president and i'm sorry if you any of you think that's disrespectful i don't give a fuck that's how i feel about this guy like the dude should be in a nursing home he shouldn't be leading the most powerful country in the world which we're currently not if you want to know my real ugly honest truth opinion we are not we are not taken very seriously on the global stage right now and because it's because we have extremely weak leadership okay the russians looked at what we did in afghanistan and laughed their way all the way to the ukrainian border to stage troops and the chinese have done the same thing they're like thank you america we'll take the largest lithium deposit and team up with the taliban and continue to take 30 percent of africa and oh By the way, Taiwan's looking really sexy right now. And while we're at it, we're just going to crush the fuck out of all of the innocent people in Hong Kong while we're at it and continue to kill Uyghurs. And then we've got lovely Nancy Pelosi that's like scolding Americans to not say anything offensive to the Chinese during the Olympics. Like, can we just... I don't think we need 81-year-old fucking senile women or a president that can't complete sentences in the white house like i or speaker of the house i think we just like they're i'm sorry there should be a cap on our retirement age for these humans okay thanks for your service good job get the fuck out let's get some new fresh thought in there and like let's have some term limits for these fucking idiots so they can't continue to get rich off the backs of the american people and sell us down the river to the chinese and various other entities So those are my thoughts on that. I don't want World War III to happen. I don't. I want to retire and learn how to surf in Hawaii. I don't want to be in my late 40s, early 50s doing the Red Dawn shit where like I'm killing Chinese paratroopers on the West Coast and we're killing Russian paratroopers on the East Coast and the place is a fucking disaster. I don't really want to do that. Nor do I want any type of revolution. But yeah, it's, it's not looking good. It's not looking good. So... I hope that nothing like this happens. I hope we can, like, I hope that cooler heads prevail and, like, we can idiot fuck our way out of it until we can find, until 2024 comes along and we can elect somebody that that can actually run this country and actually has a spine and um, isn't uh, conducting anti-constitutional things with, like, you know, leaving our southern border open and leaving us completely vulnerable and we're getting ass raped by everybody from Central and South America, like, in Mexico, like hopefully hum- like the human trafficking and drugs that are streaming over our border right now, like is it's unprecedented in our history, which is another thing. I'm like, uh, we can't even secure our borders, but we're going to go fight for a former Soviet Union Republic over in Europe. I don't think that's in our best interests. So then what else do we have on the current events list? We have fucking... Canada and these truckers, fucking hats off to these guys. I am so glad that Canada has finally had enough of the fucking bullshit. And I'm finally glad that the people of Canada are finally standing up against it. And they're standing up against a completely out of control, totalitarian, socialist fucking government that has been just demolishing their charter of rights 
similar to our constitution and just trampling all over uh, people's individual autonomy and their individual freedoms and rights. Like I am so glad that Canadians are doing something about it. However, they're in a scary time as well where this this is a powder keg that could go off. And it could be very interesting because the cops are starting to do, up in Canada, are starting to do, they're starting to behave really stupidly and do dumb shit that is very much against the Canadian constitution and in line with socialist, the socialist government that's in, in place right now. And they, this could go ugly. Like the protesters have been largely very peaceful and have not done anything illegal uh, as far as my knowledge goes. I'm not a professional in Canadian law. I play a Canadian lawyer on TV sometimes, but I'm not a professional. So I would say that from what I've seen on what I've been watching in mainstream media, which we all know isn't entirely true all the time, and that's a two-way street, right or left, uh, I haven't seen any fuckery going on from any of the any of the protesters up in Canada. It's all been very polite, very respectful. Uh, once again, we're back to the early conversation we had, with, you know, in regard to Rogan, where, you know, the the media's first, you know, spin and the government, the Canadian government, uh, the Trudeau people were like, oh, these are all white supremacists. And you had people from all walks of life out there in Canada. I saw some Sikh dudes out there. I saw several people of color that were not white. And I saw nobody that was doing anything that I would consider racist or white supremacist when they are waving Canadian flags and singing the Canadian anthem and have big signs walking around that say freedom. I don't see any buildings burning yet. I don't see any cars flipped over. I don't see any injured police officers as of yet. However, you guys are getting in that really dangerous zone where it's the, it's the tipping point. You know, it's like, where's the line in the sand and how willing are you to stand up and defend your freedoms? Are you willing to go to jail? Are you willing to do violence? Are you willing to create some massive civil discontent? Are you willing to break the law? Are you willing to kill? It's a... It's a, it's a dangerous, that's a dangerous position to be in. So thank goodness, like down here in the United States, we have states' rights and I don't live nor will I live in a place that is not in line with my belief system or in line with the constitution of the United States. So luckily I live in the mountains and the whole mountain states region usually does a really good job of keeping their shit together and following the tenets of what made this country great in the first place. Uh, kind of a one team, one fight. And the Constitution is kind of the ultimate law of the land, as it should be. So uh, I, that's, that's what's kept my sanity. And unfortunately, they don't have that up in Canada. So they're going to have to do what they have to do over there. I wish people of Canada the best. And if you got to fucking throw down people to get your freedom back, throw down. Because I would. I would. If I got pushed into a corner like the Canadians were, I would throw down. So, and I think... Not just me, but lots of other law enforcement, firefighters, first responders, uh, sheriff's deputies, veterans, current military, active duty people. I think I'm pretty safe in saying that none of us would tolerate getting pushed into the corner like they, like the Canadians have. So, um, but that's, yeah, that could be up for debate too. Because if you watch what's going on in places like New York and certain places in California, like there's very much people that are getting their rights heavily infringed on. So I think it all just depends on where you live geographically down here. But people of Canada, I wish you all of the best. And I hope that you can navigate your guy. I hope you guys can effectively navigate your way through this with no violence and no bloodshed. But as one of our founding fathers once said, 
the great Thomas Jefferson, okay, which people are probably going to accuse me of being racist because he, in fact, had slaves. I, you know what? Yes, you're correct. He did have slaves. Do I agree with that? Fuck no. But he was one of the framers of the Constitution and one of our founding fathers. And he said something very poignantly and very, I, I believe, very accurate, where he said, from time to time, the tree of liberty must be refreshed with the blood of patriots and tyrants. And with that, people, I will sign off on this probably going to be heavily debated and controversial Weapons Free Wednesday. I want the rest of you, I want you guys to enjoy the rest of your week. Have a great week, and we will catch you on Monday. Peace. Anyone who runs is a beastie. Anyone who stands still is a well-disciplined beastie. Ha, ha, ha.